for those of you who may not know, my name is Derek. I'm the family and discipleship pastor here at Fellowship of Grace. We're going to continue on in our series called Deep Love. We began this series last week on Easter Sunday. It's a series that's really kind of geared around how do, we, how do we honor God in our relationships? How do we experience deep love in the relationships that we have with others? Uh, and then now this series is kind of primarily pulled from a series done by Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott that they really designed for married couples. So there's obviously some special application for those of you who are married or engaged in this room today. We're doing several things like the assessment groups within our community groups over these four weeks. Uh, but if you're here today and you're single and you're not married, um, the, these principles still apply to you. Over the, these four weeks, we're studying these four things, personality, communication, conflict, adaptability, and all of them apply across the board in all of our relationships in different aspects. So don't, don't, tune, don't tune me out if you're single and think that this is only for married couples, especially today as we talk about communication. We all have to communicate with people, and so this is, I think, as uh, applicable to all of us. And as we approach each of these topics over these several weeks, um, we want to do so in light of this verse. This is kind of our series theme verse. It's 1 Peter 4.8. It says this, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Now, we talk a lot about love. The Bible talks a lot about love. Um, it's in, in kind of our, our mission as a church is we love God, we love others, and we make disciples. Um, it's important to us. It's important to God. The, the way we relate to one another is very important because he created us for relationships. God created us. He's, he's wired us, in a sense then, to, to communicate. So that, that's very, very important. And so we're going to focus on, on communication today. And, and as we talk about this topic, we, we want to, you know, as the, as the series title talks about deep love, we, we want to talk about kind of deep communication in, in a lot of ways, not surface level stuff that, that a lot of us, we have to do and it's inappropriate at times, but really deep, um, real communication that, that can build healthy relationships and help us build relationships that really lead to life transformation uh, with other people and within ourselves. So um, communication is important. I think we all know that. A couple of stats. There, there's one story that in, in between 2009 and 2013, a, a risk agency did a, did a survey across hospitals and doctor's offices and found that, that over 2,000 deaths were caused by miscommunication, by simple miscommunication. Things, it was a misdose of meds or, or something was mistyped or misheard, mis, misunderstood. Um, and, and, and I think... While many of us don't, don't have life or death situations kind of, um, kind of sitting there depending on whether we communicate good or not, the, the fact is a lot of what we communicate, a lot of how we communicate, it, it can make the death or life of a relationship occur. Communication is the lifeblood of relationships. It really is. And, and without it, relationships can't survive. You know, and I mentioned as God created us to relate to one another and to communicate. Um, God is a God that, that communicates. He, he's, he's a God that has communicated with us in, in many ways. You even think about creation, all right? So we think about how God created the world. He spoke the world into existence. He, he spoke the heavens and the earth, and, and they were formed. He, he spoke through his son Jesus, uh, as sending Jesus to this earth. And Jesus was known as the Word, and that was another name for him that he was called in Scripture. And then obviously we have the Bible today, which we call the Word of God. God has communicated to us. He is a God that communicates. You know, Jesus, we, we think of him as God's son. When he lived his life on earth, um, he, was, he got alone many, many times to just communicate with God. He prioritized communication, not only with his heavenly Father, but also 
with his disciples, with, with the people that followed him. And, and so I think as we think about those things in, in just a brief way, we see that as we are made in God's image, we, we are born to communicate. And as we follow the example of Jesus and think about you know, he, he, how he prioritized that in his life, we, we see the importance again and how vital communication is to our relationships. Now, I think we, we all agree that communication is, is a big deal, right? I mean, we, we kind of get that. I think we can all agree on it. But I think something else we can also agree on is that it's a challenge. It's a challenge for many of us to communicate clearly, communicate effectively. I mean, and even in an age today where we have a lot of different ways that we can communicate, and a lot of, you know, a lot of you have communicated in you know, a lot of different ways even over this past week. You think about all the ways that you've communicated with somebody. All those ways really, in some ways, complicate and create challenges for us on how we can effectively communicate with others. And we'll talk about some of those through today. But I think a lot of us, you know, we, we think about often the, these thoughts. I mean, I wish, I wish he or she would just understand what I'm saying. Or I wish they would just listen to me. I, I, wish, I wish they would listen to me. And parents, if you can relate, I feel like I say that a hundred times a day. Our kids listen to us, listen to us. Or, or um, you know, things like, I have no idea what they're talking about. Like somebody's telling you something, you just don't have, there's, there's just this miscommunication. We're surrounded by it. And, and it, it, it creates this noise and distractions and just creates this messiness that we have to, to kind of work our way through. And I hope today as we look at some scriptures that, that shed some light on some principles, we can uh, shed some clarity on that. We're going to look briefly today at three levels of communication, and then we're going to look at uh, three qualities for better communication, and then finish up kind of a three-by-three three approach uh, with three skills that we can, we can learn uh, and to improve our communication. All right, so let's jump in by first talking just about three basic levels of communication to lay, to lay some groundwork. Uh, the first one is this, the grunt level. This is the grunt level of communication. Now, before I explain too much about the grunt level, you know, each of the levels that we'll go through, these three, they, they each hold some value. They each hold some value. They're appropriate at certain times, obviously. We, but the goal for, as we think about deepening our relationships, especially the cl close relationships that we have with either our spouse or our close friendships and our family members, uh, we want to get to the third level. All right, that's kind of the goal. But we'll start here with the grunt level. The grunt level, it's kind of basically what it sounds. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, it's kind of that, that level. It's the most shallow level of communication involving little more than just obligatory comments that simply make your presence known. You know, it's thing, hey, how are you doing? Oh, good. How are you doing? Good. And you kind of go on your way or, um, you know, I'm fine, doing okay. What's up? What's up? Those sort of things that some of your relationships may just fall into habit. They, they just kind of fall into habit by that. You just kind of say the things that you're supposed to say. Just, you don't even really even think about it. You're not really listening to the other person. Um, it just doesn't really get any deeper than that. And, and it's not necessarily fake or, or bad, um, but it's just a relationship can, can never grow if the communication stays at that level, right? Just to be clear and make sure we're still on the same page, this grunt level is not like marriage, marriage stuff, okay? This grunt level isn't the, the level that you're supposed to get to if you're married. And hopefully, and gentlemen, I'm speaking mostly to you too, because I know, I know the guys, we, we, we struggle with communication in a lot of ways. All right, so, so we, we've got this grunt level, but then the next level is called this, the journalist level. The journalist level, this is, involves talking about feelings, or, or not feelings, but facts and opinions. Facts and opinions. A very common situation that we find ourselves in at this level. You know, we can discuss opinions about things, report some facts, 
Um, but we never really get any further than that. A lot of our relationships probably operate this. So you talk about, talk about how the royals are doing, talk about how the weather is awesome outside, talk about the, the governments and, and you know, politics and church, and movies, whatever it may be. I mean, this isn't a bad level. It's not, it's not a bad level. And a lot of our relationships need some boundaries. And so this is good, but really it, it lacks intimacy and connection um, for, for really going deep in our relationship with other people. You can't really, if all you're doing is reporting and uh, discussing, you, you can't really uh, go real d- as deep as you need to. All right? Then the third level is this. It's, it's the feelings level. The feelings level. I know that's a scary word for some of you. Feelings. You're starting to squirm already. Um, the feelings. It's, it's at this level where each person involved feels safe enough to share areas of weakness that may put them in, a, in kind of a negative light. It's, it's where you begin to let your guard down, right? This is, this is where you begin to, to share your dreams and your fears, or you begin to you feel allowed to, to kind of speak your heart and your mind, knowing that you will be understood and accepted. Um, or you, you begin to ask for input, feedback, ask, for, ask somebody for help. This is this kind of level. Um, now, as I've mentioned, there, there's certain appropriate times for these different levels, right? This feelings level isn't kind of the level for the, the meet and greet time here in worship service, right? I mean, hey, Joe, hey, what's your name? Oh, I'm, I'm Derek. What's your deepest fear? Like, you know, while you're shaking hands here. In the, our, our, we have a good reputation as a friendly church. I think we'd soon shift to the creepy church if we started to operate at that level, Right? I mean, it's, it, you guys get it. There's certain things, and especially for married couples, we need to be getting down to this feelings level. And while we think, you know, there's really only a couple situations where I kind of talk about that, I think we can, we can operate at this communication level more than we think. And I'm afraid many of us, many of us rarely ever get to this level. And that puts a barrier, it kind of puts a ceiling uh, it's a big challenge for us to go deeper in our relationships when we, we, we never talk and communicate or listen on this level. So, so how, do, how do we go deeper? What, what do we need to, to go deeper in our communication? Um, some studies show that for at least thriving married couples, here are some things that they, they do really well. They, they're able to talk easily about difficult subjects. They, they feel that they understand each other and they withhold very little information from each other. They they also rely on each other to, to resolve conflict and on their ability to resolve conflicts. Um, and the, the way they do this isn't relying on, on a secret list of communication skills. There's not this checklist that they wake up every morning and make sure to check off and do. It's not, it's not about any sort of a list of communication rules. Really, they, they just understand this principle. All right, and this quote, and this is really one of the main points here this morning. Good communication is built first on who you are and only later on what you do. First on who you are and only later on what you do, on what you do. So if you really want to experience real relational intimacy with, with your spouse or a friend, um, here are three personal qualities that you must possess. It's more about who you are. So we're going to talk qualities first. All right, this first one is warmth. It's called warmth. And this isn't, you know, not having a fever warmth, but not, not being super warm and fuzzy kind of warmth, but, but it, it's really speaking to uh, somebody who, who really overlooks blemishes in other people for the sake of the beauty 
behind those blemishes. Because the fact is, the fact is, when we choose to enter into a relationship with someone, we choose to accept that person despite all their faults, right? And that, that's just a, just a fact. We're all, we're all messed up. We're all, we're all messed up. Um, why don't you turn to the person to your right and tell them they're messed up? Okay? Turn to the person to your left, tell them they're messed up. Okay? That was... All right, all right, it shouldn't have taken that long. It shouldn't have taken that long. Come, come, come back to me. So you guys did a lot better than the first service. I will say that. But honestly, I, I hate when speakers ask me to like, talk to people, especially when it's somebody you don't know, and you tell everybody to turn to the right, so you're talking to the back of somebody's head. It's just kind of weird. So I apologize for doing that. But really what I wanted to get the point across was, was we, we all are messed up. Reminder, we, we all have faults. We all have hang-ups. And we, we bring those into our relationships. So when we enter into it, if a person that has a, has a warmth about them, it's really about acceptance. It's about acceptance and not, not acceptance that, that is, is approval, in a sense. We're not saying that you have to celebrate and approve of everything that person does, but, but what we're saying is you, you need to show them respect as a human being, somebody that respects others, that you value others as somebody made in the image of God as another human being, and that, that's somebody who has, has warmth about them. Now, now, why would we want to live this way? I, I think Romans 15.7 kind of reiterates this and shows us a great motivation. It says this, Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So we see in this verse, that this, this command for, for followers of Christ, we're, we're to, to be wel- a welcoming people, a, a welcoming people. We're, we're to... And in other words, we're to show grace to others. We're, we're to show grace. Now, now, why do we show grace to others? Because we've been shown grace, right? In, a, in, a, in an enormous way, and in a very great way through the sacrifice of Christ. Because of the grace that has been shown to us, we can now show grace and, and welcome others. You know, I, I want us to think, you know, so, so am I a person that, that somebody would consider a uh, somebody that shows grace to others, or a warm person, a welcoming person. Think, think through that. Um, and I know that you can go across all types of personality types, introverts, extroverts, that might look a little different. But, but I want us to really think about, because if, if we find ourselves a little more cold or insensitive towards others, that's really, I think, a heart issue, and not realizing the, the grace, uh, the welcoming spirit that God has shown us by, by accepting us, despite, the, despite the, the sin in our lives, the blemishes that we have, he loved us enough to look past that, to make a way through his son Jesus dying on the cross to, to cover those blemishes. He made a way and, and over, to overlook those and, and to pay for those sins. So I think that's, this is a huge one. It's, it's a huge quality and, and will really lay the foundation for better communication. Secondly, Another quality is genuineness. Genuineness, just being a genuine person. You know, relationships can get messy quick. They weren't always designed to be like this, right? Before before sin entered the world, Adam and Eve, um, the first humans that, that that God created, back in the Garden of Eden, they were able to experience relationship in a way that, that we someday will get back to. But, but it was unhindered by, by shame, by guilt, sin, and it was a real, genuine way to relate. Um, God, God designed us to, to relate this way. Um, unfortunately, now, relationships are, 
Or in a lot of ways, they, they bring out our radar detectors because of, because of the way things are distorted. We, we can sense insincere intentions or, or we can sense phoniness, people being fake. We can sense those things in relationships oftentimes much earlier than when they actually somebody says something about those. You know, you, and this, this gets into the idea of, of trust, trust in relationships. If, if you think somebody's not being genuine, or if you're not a genuine person, people aren't going to trust you. People aren't going to trust you. And if, if that's the case, nothing else, little else in the relationship matters. You're not going to be able to communicate effectively and in a deep way at all if, nobody, if, if your spouse or your close friend can trust, can't trust you. Now, 2 Corinthians 8.8 8 talks a little bit about a genuine love and showing genuine love. I want to read this quickly. It says this, I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love is also genuine. This is the Apostle Paul talking to this church, uh, really in the context of, of being generous and giving, giving of their resources, saying that in the previous verses, many other churches have been, have been generous. They are, they are showing their, their genuine love towards others by, by being giving. And he's challenging them here to say, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not commanding you to do this. I, we just want to see your, your genuineness in, in action. Because when you think about it, the way we show that we're genuine isn't primarily by saying it, hey, I'm a real person, hey, I'm, I'm a genuine person, I'm, I'm really authentic. It's, we don't do that primarily. It's, it's through our actions. It's through, through other things. And, and I think when we think about communication, uh, when it's not primarily in our words, we, we need to think about the other aspects of communication. One of those aspects is nonverbal communication. And when we think of, uh, and this, this was staggering to me to, to just be reminded about, was nonverbal communication accounts for 58% of the total message that you're trying to send to another person. All right? And then tone of voice is another 35%. So guess how much that leaves for the actual words of the message? Only 7%. Only 7%. Now, I think, you know, realizing that our posture and our facial expressions, all those things really matter a lot in how we communicate with others. I think it, 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 it kind of leads me to, to a point I want to make about um, the way we, we communicate primarily today. And a lot of it is done with the technology that we have, right? With our phones, tablets, computers, all of our different devices. We, we communicate a lot that way. And, and I want to say that you know, we've got to be careful and realize that there's a limit on, on the communication capabilities that we have when we, when we text another person, right? It's, it's, you're using 7% of your kind of full expressive potential when you're texting somebody, according to those statistics. So it's like, it's like you're running a race, running a marathon with 7% of your energy, or you're taking a test with 7% of your intelligence. Now, it, that, that just doesn't make sense, does it? Now, now I'm not, I don't want to bash texting, and you don't need to throw your phone away when you get home or anything like that, but, but I, want, I want us to realize that if you find yourself trying to solve issues of conflict or, or have kind of level three feelings level communication over text or email or Facebook message or Twitter or whatever it is, like, I, I, would, I would strongly caution you to stop it. To stop it. Because it, because it, it just leads to much more confusion. It, leads, it can it really just hinder your communication skills rather than help it. Now, and I know a lot of you... Um, uh, that use, you know, use texting for a lot of different ways. And, and I, I text a lot, I'm saying, but, but I want us to be careful, like I said, to stay more on the grunt level, journalist level of communication via texting. It's, it's a great tool um, because 
it, it's, just, it's just a challenge when you get below that. And some of you are probably thinking, well, you know, Derek, I, I get that, I, you know, okay, but I use a lot of emojis. I use a lot of smiley faces when I text and sad faces and crying faces and angry faces, so they know exactly what I'm thinking when I, when I text somebody. And, and I was ready for that. I was ready for a little pushback. I, I could feel it in your minds. Um, but I, I want to show you, I'll give you, just give you an example uh, of how, how maybe the flaw in that argument, okay? Here, here we go. It, we see this, this emoji. What, what do you think when you see this emoji? If somebody just sent you this, you're in a conversation with somebody and somebody sends it to you, what do you think? Probably that they're angry. They're ticked. They're ticked. They're in a huff. You know, they've got fumes coming out of their nose. They've got, they're mad. In actuality, if you look up the emoticon dictionary, which is quite extensive, if you didn't know, this is the face with the look of triumph. Face with the look of triumph. So really, after the Royals win a game or something, you should send this to people because this is like a sign of victory, a sign of victory. And it's pretty confusing, right? All of you are like, well, that makes no sense at all. Exactly. Exactly the point I'm trying to get, that, that, that just get, stuff can get lost in translation when you're not face-to-face with somebody, or at least on the phone, they can't hear your tone of voice. So, so if you're trying to kind of resolve an issue or having a conflict, don't use text or email or things like that. It, it just can go downhill from there, all right? I think most of you know that. We need to be reminded, especially in today's world. Um, so, so getting back to kind of, genuineness, how we show that really without, without using our words. It's using, using other things, our actions, and the, and the way we just kind of are to people. It involves much more than just telling someone or texting someone that, that we're genuine and that we care for them. We must show them that we are, that really do love them, that we really do love them. The third quality is this. It's empathy. Empathy. We, we, we need empathy in order to really communicate effectively. Now, this, this is a quality that um, we all need in order to, to develop and maintain meaningful relationships. Somebody that's not an empathetic person, it's really hard to get anywhere with and to really have a, have a deep relationship with. It, this, this really shows that we understand and share um, another person's feelings. Um, Galatians 6.2, I think, when we talk about this idea of bearing one another's burdens... Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That idea, I think, is really central to this idea of having empathy for somebody. Because when you have empathy, it really is it's just at the heart of what deep love is all about. You think about the greatest act of love that has ever been, ever been shown, ever been, been committed, the greatest act on this earth, Jesus dying on the cross for, for us. For sinners like us, what, what was he doing in that moment? He, he was bearing our burden. We, we had the burden of sin on our backs, strapped to our backs. We, there was nothing we could do about it. There, there was nothing to, that we could do. We were completely separated from God as humans. The humanity, we, we, we couldn't get to God. No matter what we tried, we couldn't be good enough. We've seen, we saw that through the whole Old Testament, that, that what got the perfection, the holiness that God demands because of who he is, we were unable to do it, so Jesus, he comes in, and he, is, he was the ultimate burden bearer. He bore our sins, strapped them to his back, and paid the price that we couldn't pay. Now, now as we follow Christ's example in that, and, and even a small way, and we show empathy to somebody, we, we bear their burden, we're, we're following the example of Christ in, in the most basic and simplest way. 
whether that be entering into to the pain of whatever their circumstances might be, whatever might be going on, and just the difficulty and challenges that this life brings, or, or celebrating with them the, the victory and just the joy sometimes that, that we experience in life. That empathy really, really allows the relationships and fosters a relationship where communication can, can go deeper. Now, now, there's a difference between sympathy and empathy, right? As some of you who are in the groups this week, if you all watched the video of the Deep Love series, um, the, the authors talked about sympathy versus empathy, kind of the difference, and gave a word picture. They said sympathy is like standing, somebody standing on the shore uh, on, on the, and, and seeing somebody drowning and throwing them a life preserver. I mean, it's, it's something every decent human being would do. Empathy, on the other hand, is not standing on the shore throwing them a life preserver. It's, it's diving in the water to go save them and then bringing them out, right? That, that, it's, a, it's a big difference. It's a very big difference, and, and I think it really flows out of, of what's in our hearts. And we can't fake empathy. You can't, you can't do that. You, you, you've got to have experienced the love of Christ within you. You've got, you've got to have experienced that, that grace, that, that welcoming of Christ, that, that he's, how he's welcomed us into his family, and, and we just can't help but show that to others in all of their life situations. You know, Matthew 12, 34 speaks to this as well. Matthew 12, 34, the end of the verse says this, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is Jesus talking to the Pharisees, the, the religious leaders of that day. And he's telling them, and kind of as a warning, a challenge, what's in your heart really determines how you are gonna communicate. It drives how you're gonna relate to others. It's going to, whatever's in your heart, you want that to overflow. It, it will overflow, whether it's good stuff or bad stuff. So, so no matter how many tips and tricks you learn, how to communicate effectively, we'll talk as we finish up today just about a couple of those. The most important thing is to make sure your heart is in the right place. And, and if you're here today and you're, you, your heart isn't in the right place, if you have never received and accepted Jesus Christ and what he's done for you on the cross. I, w- I would really strongly encourage you to, to explore that and to, to do that today. If you want to check that box in the back of your connection card, we'd love to follow up with you. Or if you want to find uh, one of the church leaders here um, after the service, we'd love to talk with you about that. It's the most important decision you could ever make. And really, if, if you want deep love in your life, it's, it's the only way to do that. It's the only way to, it's the only place to start that. So we, we've talked about a few qualities, kind of more about who we are than what we do. Let's finish to improve communication. The first skill is this, listening well. We, we must learn to listen. Many of you have probably realized um, that we have two ears and one mouth. God gave us that probably for a reason. It kind of, it kind of highlights the importance of listening. And, and, you know, we often think of good communication skills uh, when we just use that word, we think of, okay, I want to, it's basically talking about how I want to express myself more clearly, how, um, how I want to get my message across. But in reality, good communication, um, statistics show, is 98% listening. Good communication is 98% listening. And, you know, that's another internet statistic. I don't know if somebody, uh, it seems like a lot. It seems like a lot, 98% listening. Like, I'm doing 2% of the work, you guys are doing 98%. I always thought I was at least doing three or four percent. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It just—it doesn't seem right. I think it, what the point I'm trying to get, and I think that it points out, is that listening is really important. Ris- listening is a very underrated in a sense. Um, kind of, how many of you have taken a, a speech class or a communications class in high school, college? A lot of you that are willing to raise your hands. I know I don't, I don't want to be too interactive. I know some of you are just wanting to listen. You're, you're lost in listening, but. 
Um, how many of you have taken a listening class? Anybody taken a, listen, a class on listening? All right, so a lot of you have taken classes on how to, how to speak, but nobody has taken a listening class. And don't, I was waiting for somebody in the first service to be like, every class is a listening class because I, I listen to the teacher, and that, does, that doesn't count. Doesn't count. We, we don't think about listening. I don't think we're very intentional about learning how to listen and, and things like that, obviously, in, in a lot of different ways. And when I s- talk about listening, it's different than hearing. It's different than hearing. Hearing is an act of the senses, but listening is an act of the will. Okay, there's a, there's a difference there. I think, I think you're tracking. Hearing is something that happens to us, and listening is something that we choose. All right, so, so there's a big difference between this kind of uh, just hearing and being, being there in the room, same room as a person, and hearing what they say, and the, on the other hand, actually listening to what they say. That, that's, that's a huge difference. And, and for a relationship to go deep, we need to be, become better listeners. You know, this type of um, listening, the theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who, who passed away in years past, he, he wrote a book called Life Together, and he talked about this ministry of listening, he said, we need to avoid this kind of listening with half an ear that presumes already to know what the other person has to say. This, he said, is an impatient, inattentive listening that is only waiting for the chance to speak. And I, as I read that and thought that, you know, I, I think I, I know I fall into that a lot. A lot of the ways when I try to, when I want to be intentional about listening, I'm, I'm already trying to think about how I'm going to respond in a, you know, in a conversation or whatever. And that's something we need to guard against. Uh, you, you think about um, this situation between a husband and a wife. I don't know if it's happened to you. Something very similar probably has happened in my house. But a wife holds up a dress, getting ready to go out for the evening. And it, it says, look at this. I just got this dress back from the cleaners. And there's a small gray stain all over the collar. Now, I can't believe it. What am I going to do now? I just... I was going to wear this dress tonight. And as a husband, you say, well, honey, I don't think anyone would even notice it. Like, besides, you can just wear your yellow dress. It looks good. And, and the husband's completely missed, missed the point. Missed the point. that He was just trying to, he was more concerned with solving the problem rather than understanding his wife's emotions. He could have made any other number of remarks that would have made his wife feel heard and, and understood. Like, something like, I'm so sorry, you know, I'd be furious too. Or, I, can, I can't imagine how disappointed you must be. Something like that where it really shows that you heard what she was saying, how she was saying it. You know, it, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to, to do that. You know, it's a, listening really is a practice of focused attention. And as we become a, a more ADD culture, it, focus is hard. Focus is very, very difficult. Um, James 1.19, the Bible talks a lot about listening. But this verse, know this, be slow to anger. In Proverbs 10.19, talks about the, the use of words and really how it guards against using too many words. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. So, so again, both of these things, kind of just reemphasizing this idea of uh, we really need to prioritize listening. So, so I, I want to give you a challenge this week as you go about um, really be intentional about not listening to respond, but listening to understand whether that's a conversation at work, whether it's a conversation with a spouse, whatever, but, but be really intentional about, about really listening to understand what they say and, th- and then worry about you being understood, okay? Uh, easier said than done, but um, I, I, I hope that, that we can get better at that. And especially as, as followers of Christ, we need, to, we need to set a good example in our relationships. 
The second skill is this, speaking kindly. Speaking kindly, kind of obvious, kind of obvious. Ephesians 4.15 says this, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. You know, this is saying here, one of the ways that we grow and mature as believers, as Christians, one of the ways we do this, we grow up, is speaking the truth in love. We, we speak the truth in love in our relationships with one another. Um, we, we learn to speak encouragement and speak into others' lives. We, we must be kind and truthful. And this, this isn't always easy. Um, because sometimes, as you know, the truth is hard to hear. The truth is hard to hear. We must always take great care to communicate that in, in a kind and loving way to people um, around us. And so, so I want us to be intentional about, about this. I mean, a lot of you um, probably already do this, but um, I want you to just schedule time to, to be, an, be an encouragement to somebody. And some of you do this more naturally than others. Some of us have to, have to really focus on you know, speaking encouraging words or um, showing encouragement uh, acts towards the people we love, towards the people we love. So, so make time to do that this week. Or when you go to lunch with somebody, um, really go with the, the heart of, I really want to encourage them. I want to encourage them because, because that, that really fosters um, a healthy communication environment. Now, the last skill um, is this. The last skill for um, just improving our communication is powering down, powering down. You probably have an idea of what this is talking about. Really, really about eliminating distractions, eliminating distractions in our life. Um, I've alluded to it several times, uh, you know, uh, but uh, there's some startling news here. Couples who engage in discussions with their phones nearby, even if neither is actually using it, report lower relationship quality and feel their partner is less empathetic to their concerns. Just by having their phone you know, near them, within an arm's reach or so. And, and there's many other statistics that, that show here that, that how many people sleep next to their phones, like 20% of people would rather go without shoes for a week than, than go without their phone. And I, I'm sure that wasn't taken in the middle of winter, hopefully, because I think it probably would make a difference. I know for me it would, you know, maybe. Um, and and so, so we're, we're surrounded by this this just technology, all the things we have, all the access we have to communication, that, that we have to be very careful not to let the things designed to, to help us get connected to keep us from really being connected from real life. Um, will Farrell, never quoted him in a sermon before, but I will right now. Um, he said, before you get married, ask yourself, is this the person you want to watch stare at the phone the rest of their life? And that, it's kind of funny and kind of sad at the same time because unfortunately a lot of a lot of people in our culture, in our world today, you know, that, that's, that's true. That's true. People are sitting in the same room, totally disconnected from one another, but connected to everything um, on, the, on the screen in front of them. And so we've got to be careful. We, and, and, you know, I, there's really no verses about not using your cell phones or to help, help communicate more effectively. But, but as I thought more about this, uh, this last verse I want to share with you today, it's Matthew 6.34. It really, I think hits home, at least for me. It says this, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You know, I think when I, when I look at my own life and uh, am convicted by thinking about this, uh, of how connected I am to my phone sometimes, uh, really, I think that what this verse is telling us is, is just to be present. Be present. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry that you're going to miss 
miss somebody contacting you and you won't respond five minutes, whatever it is. And, and I know this probably affects people differently or you're not going to miss the latest and greatest news story that's coming out or who, who's doing what, that sort of thing. Um, we, we just need to be present in the moment with, with the people that we're with. And, you know, there's times where I'll find myself, every Friday night we try to have our family pizza dinner movie night, and, and we'll sit down with the kids, and they always pick a movie we've seen like a hundred times, I don't get it, we try to branch them out to different ones every once in a while, but we're sitting there watching a movie, I could quote from memory just by hearing it in the background, and, you know, I'll reach over for my phone, kind of instinctively, and kind of start thumbing through or whatever, and like, like looking at me like I'm not even, I'm not even there, I'm not even present, and I'm like, well, I'm here. The kids are like all up in my business. Like, I can't even like turn my neck because my kid's on my head. And I'm here with you. And, and I'm like, no, I'm not really. Not really. I've been sucked into this other world and I'm not present. And I think that really hinders our ability to communicate, um, especially when we're, we're just so distracted. So, so I want to challenge you this week to just take some time to be disconnected. Um, take, you know, turn off the notifications on your, on your smartwatch when you're home and with your family on certain times of the day. Be intentional about that. Um, and, and um, really focus and be present uh, with the people that, that God has placed around you, especially those closest to you. Um, and so as we close today, I just want to remind you, really, if, if you don't remember anything else about today, um, besides knowing really what that emoticon means, um, I, I want you to really focus on, on those three qualities in the middle, middle of your notes there. The, the quality, th- those are things that you really need to focus on, on who you are before, before you... Focus on what you do. Being warm, being welcoming, showing others grace. Showing others grace as, as you've been shown grace from God. Being genuine, show, being authentic with your actions, being intentional about that. And then also um, just being a person that, that shows empathy to others, that bears one another's burden, that, that really walks, does life together with others around you. I mean, that, that's that, you know, if, if you are married especially, you should be doing life together in, in, a, in a very deep and meaningful way with your spouse. And we, we would, that, that's how God designed it. God has designed relationships specifically within the family and, and within marriage. He's designed those to, to really be so transformative to us. Um, and and we, we often miss the mark. So I, I want to just challenge you to, to take your next step there and, and to um, improve in, in these ways and to just... Um, rely on God's grace uh, to help you and help change you from the inside out. Let's pray together. Uh, Father God, I thank you for today. Thank you for your word and just, just the, the principles that are in it that, that speak to us about practical daily living. God, I thank you that you've created us as relational human beings. God, that you desire, first and foremost, a relationship with us. And God, that we um, can have relationships back with you and with one another. Help us to um, really um, extend grace to those around us. God, thank you for, for the way that you have welcomed us into your family through Jesus, through receiving the gift of grace, um, the gift of salvation through Jesus. God, we, we love you and just ask that you help us this week to, to honor you and love you and, and to experience deep love in our relationships. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.